0: You're listening to Summer in the Psalms, a podcast hosted through Coramdale College, the college age ministry of Coramdale Bible Church in Davenport, Iowa. This podcast is meant to be supplemental to our weekly Bible studies as well as our community hangouts happening throughout the summer. So, if you want any information on that or you'd like to get involved, feel free to head on over to our website, CoramdaleBible.Church/College. There, you'll find all the details for our summer events and Bible studies, as well as a way to get connected. We hope to see you in person soon, but for now, let's dive into what the Lord has for us in the Psalms. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Summer in the Psalms. I'm your co-host, Cody Rogers. And I'm Regent Erickson. And before we dive into what we have for us today, I just wanted to make a quick plug for our weekend events, the, specifically the ones that are happening on Saturdays. Uh, we're recording this the Thursday before our first Saturday event. But by the time you're listening to this, the Saturday event will have already happened. So I just want to prophesy and say it was such a great event. Thank you for all of those that were there, that gathered together around the fire. I was finally able to beat some people at Bags, and I beat Regent (laughs) at Coob. Calvin, that thing you did around the fire was so funny. It really made the night. Uh, What a great time of getting together. Hopefully that's all true. Um, But if you weren't at that Saturday event, there are more coming. And I just want to direct your attention to the website. We have an event pretty much every other Saturday. A lot of them are being listed out on the website, so you can head there. The next one is June 19th. It's going to be a trip to Six Flags Great America in Gurney, Illinois. By the time you're listening to this, all the info should be on the website, probably a sign-up by this point. I know it's going to cost between 20 or $30. bucks. we are covering part of that cost, and we'll cover um, some other expenses as well, like parking for those that are carpooling and stuff like that. So if you're interested, just head to the website. You should see a sign-up there to be able to get involved. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're not part of one of our Bible studies, um, I just want to encourage you to head over to the website and sign up for those as well. I know our Tuesday night ones are, are closed just because of the amount of people we have on them, but there are still openings for Thursday and Friday. And if you can't make those and you still want to somehow be involved, just reach out to me. You can send me an email at uh, codyr at cdbible.org, and that would be a, a great spot to be able to contact me to talk about how we can help get you involved, even if you can't make it to the Bible studies. All right. Well, last week we uh, had mentioned in our introduction, that's what it was. It was an introduction talking about the Psalms and who wrote them and things like that. We had mentioned that the structure of our episodes are uh, answering questions. We have these this agenda, when we come to the podcast, we have these questions we're going to answer. Regent's done a lot of prep work. I'm hosting it, pretty much, and just sort of picking his brain. And, and today, we have we have a few different questions. So, so Regent, um, what do we have to answer this week? Yeah, first of all, I have to say, if you beat me in cube, I'm going to be really sad. <laughs> but anyways, this
1: week, uh, when we're looking at Psalms, we're going to answer two overarching questions, and that is,
0: what is the structure of Psalms, and how should I read it? So structure meaning like the actual, like when you open up the 150 chapters of Psalms, understanding how they're categorized, right?
1: How are they organized in a certain way? Why are they the way they are? And kind of like the idea, like if I opened up the Hunger Games trilogy and I opened up one of those books, I know I'm going to start at the beginning. I'm going to go to the end and -hmm. kind of what to expect in the chapters and seeing is the Psalms the same or should we look at it a little bit differently?
0: Okay, So, so something like, the Hunger Games trilogy or any other popular book, how do the Psalms relate to a book that has like chapters in it and a book that might be like a series, like a trilogy of multiple books? Like how, do, how does the Psalm relate to those? So it, I'd say Psalms are very different
1: in, in comparison, comparing them to trilogies because You know, In a trilogy book or a novel, you're reading one chapter, you go to the next one, and you go to the next one. And if you, like say you're in chapter 10, if you haven't read chapter six, you're losing some information probably that fills into chapter 10. And then if you were to not read chapter 20, um, you probably don't have a complete resolution made from chapter 10. Psalms are not that way. Um, They're actually, it's a collection of complete works So Psalms 10 is a complete work in and of itself, apart from Psalms 11 or any others, for
0: example. Mm. And that's what we were talking about. Like the reason we chose the Psalms for the, the summer is because if you miss one because you're on vacation or something like that, you can drop into the next study and you didn't miss out on a flow of thought. Um, exactly. You didn't. Exactly. You didn't miss out on chapter six, and now you're in chapter ten, and you're confused. You could almost think of each
1: individual psalm as its own book, quote unquote, meaning it, it doesn't need another psalm to
0: yeah. complete it. So each psalm, each chapter is almost like a book. But there are books in exactly. the Psalms as yes. well, right? There's five books in uh-huh. the Psalms. So what, so what's the difference there between like when I'm reading my Bible and I see a chapter, chapter one, chapter two, versus when I when it starts off and I open up the first page and it says. Psalms book one, yes. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, and like Cody mentioned, there's five five of those books. You'll see them throughout, um, and there's not a set number of Psalms in each book. There's probably roughly 30 to 40 in each book, um, and really that, that acts as a way of categorizing it. If we look back, there's some scholars who think that the Psalms before they were compiled into the full book of Psalms that might have been distributed amongst as these books, um, but when they're brought together, they're brought together as books. And it acts as a way of providing some organization um to the whole entire book of Psalms. And one of the ways we know that is because each book ends with a doxology. Um something along the lines of like, Blessed be the Lord, God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, amen and amen. And what was really interesting is that three of those among the five books scholars actually think is not part of the psalm that it's included mm. in so like Psalm 41, for example, is the end of one book and it has a doxology. Yeah, Some scholars see that as not actually having been part of Psalm 41, but as an, an addition to um, close the book. So gotcha.
0: So, so when, the, when we're reading the Old Testament and we're thinking about how the, the Hebrew people had scripture, they didn't have books, right? They didn't have codexes, I think is what they're originally yeah, called, right? Yeah. They, they didn't have books. They had scrolls. And so when we see like First Kings and Second Kings, those were two separate scrolls that were meant to be together. Um, I, I'm literally asking this because I don't know where these. Is it thought then that these five books were five separate scrolls that were passed as the Psalms? And so they opened a scroll and had a whole book of them, and that's why there's a doxology to each one. That's the understanding
1: I've I've kind of come to. Though I haven't read anything that says they think these were five unique scrolls. Um, i didn't really find anything extremely definitive indicating that, but we know that they were organized into five distinct groups because of this and the way that it's put into the psalms.
0: yeah and I mean, and considering that books, the length of you know <laughs> yeah. chronicles and kings and things like that were so big they had to be broken up, we can only imagine the psalms had to be broken up into multiple exactly. different scrolls because the, the weight of that scroll would have been unbearable to carry for most people. And that's actually, it was a practical reason too why they broke them up. I don't think there would have been any way they could have made it into one single scroll. Hmm. But it's also interesting to think
1: about because in addition to that, you know, we've got these five books, but there also seems to be a overall structure to it because to springboard off of this week, um, you guys will be in Psalm 1. And Psalm 1, uh, as being the first book in the psalm, starts it off the book of Psalms. And what's interesting is Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 both are not accredited to an author. They don't have it in the title, whereas the rest of book 1 is primarily uh, written by David um, or accredited to him in some way, uh, which is just an, if, if you see that, it just kind of begs the question, why, why are those two mm. in the first book if it's primarily David? And it, those two Psalms actually introduce several themes that are explored throughout the whole entirety of Psalms. Mm and act as a really good
0: intro. Yeah, Psalm 1 is, I, well, it's probably mo- one, most people's, one of their favorite psalms. It is my favorite psalm. Uh, I love it. I love how easy it is to memorize. If you guys are looking to memorize a scripture uh, for the summer, I, this would be one that I'd, I'd put my stake in the ground as I to- I totally agree. Like Memorize this one, because this is a great overview of all the psalms you're gonna be going over anyways. Um, and it 's got its own structure to it, speaking of the, the structures of it. and I love how that 's laid out um, not only as an intro, but even just how it goes back and forth between the, t- the two types of person, the two types of, yeah. of people that you could you, you could be.
1: Yeah And then Psalm two explores King appoint, like the lord's appointed king, and really lays out that side of um, the story as well, which
0: is explored immensely throughout the rest of Psalms as well. Mm. All right, so we've got the structure, we know there's five books, we know that we can read any chapter, so we've got a little bit of, we're, we're informed a bit on how we should read them, or how we could read them based on the structure, but uh, is there anything else to say about the structure, and if, if there isn't, then let's dive into how should we read them based on the structure? I mean, obviously we can read either one, but there's probably more implications than just that. Yeah, I I would say like this is kind of
1: like the 10,000-foot view looking at the whole book, and it... as you look at it, you can see like an organization. And so if we were to classify the Psalms, which we're going to talk about in more detail later, but into two simple um, classifications of lament and praise, one of the cool things to see about the entire structure of it is that it starts out with lament, primarily lament Psalms, and moves into the last two books with more Psalms of praise, Mm. which um, people have talked about as having an, an, an intentional way of starting in the heart you know, around uh, sin and repentance and just the brokenness of this world and then pulling us to the Lord and giving us, you know, turning our eyes to him and praising him. And a lot of those Psalms of praise describe character, like parts of his characteristic to him, which is just a really cool thing to
0: see throughout the entire book. Yeah. And that, that accents too, like we mentioned last week, the reason that we have so many Psalms spread out throughout the book of Psalms this summer, because as we progress through them we're going to pick up different things and because each book might have a different emphasis or different sections of it so that's why we have chapter 1 and 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 16 and 145 and yeah. you know just one from each book at least uh, just because it does contain all those different things so that's a, another emphasis as to why we chose the psalms that we're going through this summer exactly but with all that to say this is we've got this whole
1: theme that comes through The Psalms are, as we just mentioned before, individual works, so we don't have to start in Psalm 1 and go through linearly to the end. They weren't originally written in that way, and so if you pick up the book of Psalms and you go to a random Psalm, that is not, quote-unquote, incorrect. Mm. It is totally fine to do that, and it is, in my opinion, the best way to approach it. You can find the Psalm that fits what what you're going on, what you're struggling with, or if you're wanting to ascribe something to the Lord through praise or worship, you can go find a psalm that helps you put words to that.
0: Yeah, which is which is not always how we recommend reading other parts of Scripture. Exactly, yeah. yeah not all of Scripture is meant to be a personal resource for us or a personal book that we go to to look up because we have an issue. It's not a recipe book when we want to make something particular. Uh, but what Regent is saying is right. Like The psalms are one of those books that... It would be fully acceptable to look for a specific one because it contains certain things and you're not missing out on context. And if I read Psalm 27, I'm not going to be taking something out of context because of what I missed in Psalm 19. Exactly. But if I turn to Matthew 17 and I read through that, I might misinterpret something or I might take something away that wasn't intended because I don't understand what the author is getting at through the last few chapters or what's going on around Jesus's life at that point. Um, so really in encouraging you to like, feel safe when you're opening up to the Psalms and reading a chapter, uh, you can handle this well and you can, you can handle it diligently as well. But thinking, but talking about that, um, let's
1: talk about the structure of like the individual psalms let's let's like come down to the ground level view and just start talking about the psalms individually. These are poetic works um, written as hymns, most of these would have been sung in Israel um, or recited as prayers or in some way uh similar to that, so that means that they're different than like a story, and they are written in a different way, a different method, which gives them the poetic title. What are, what are some differences that we know are going to be in these because of that?
0: So, I mean, we will see uses of language that maybe we shouldn't take so literal. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of, of one right off the bat. You know, I think even just Psalm 1, what you guys are going to be reading, and um, when we see that he is like a tree... Planted by streams of water. That is comparing. It's a it's a comparison. It's a is that a metaphor right? It's a simile. It's a Simile. Oh yeah. When you say like, it's yep. a simile. Yep. When you don't include that, it's a metaphor. Yes. Right. Okay. So that's a, a simile, and it, it's poetic. But we shouldn't carry it so far to be like, all right, he's like a tree, which also means that he's and ascribe all these attributes of a tree to a, a godly man, like you know withers in season and comes back and and all these other aspects of a tree that. Uh, the author was not implying. So I think also I look at it like I need to understand that there's poetry and that sometimes it's not meant to be taken that far.
1: And that's what I would say is probably the the biggest job we have when we're engaging with the Psalms is understanding the poetic form of it and so then looking for the literal and the non-literal. And that's seen in a ton of different different literary features like just mentioned there, metaphors and similes are big ones where you're representing something as what it isn't, if that makes sense. Like the tree is being, he's, the man is like a tree.
0: Yeah. So if we're saying he is a tree, but he's like the tree. Right. So, but if you said the word of God is a seed, that is a metaphor because you don't say it's like something, you say it is. Yes. So that's, that's the difference. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm going back to like middle school English class here.
1: It is. It really is. There's a lot of that in there. And there's some more of those to watch out for. Another one um, to be prepared for is hyperbole, um, which hyperbole is when it is exaggerated. So if you were to say like the that tree is so big, it's bigger than the city we're in. I'm 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 just trying to describe just how big this tree is to me. I'm not actually saying it's literally
0: bigger than the city we're mm. in. That happens in Psalms. So hyperbole is like like almost like exaggerating. A quality of something in order to make a point. Yes. is that okay? Yeah. To a good and negative, it can be. It can be
1: used positively or negatively. And then another one um, that can be seen is personification. There, there's that happens as well, where essentially an inanimate object, such as a rock, is giving is given human qualities. Say mm. the rock could speak to me or. I'm walking through the forest
0: and the tree says something in my ear. Oh yeah. Or like the the trees and the mountains clap yes. when it, when it says like it claps for the, for out of worship to the Lord. Like mountains aren't, as far as we know, mountains aren't actually clapping. Um, so that'd be an example of that as well. Yeah. And then there's a flip side to that, which this is something I learned.
1: Apostrophe is a new one. Uh, not like an apostrophe you write, you know, with like a apostrophe S, but it is where, you're addressing something non-human as if it can respond as a human. So personification is giving a human quality to the rock. Apostrophe would be as if I'm saying, hey, rock, what do you think about the weather today? I'm giving it, I'm
0: addressing it as if it's Cody sitting right here in front of me. Like, okay, now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. These are all new to me too. I, I admittedly, I am not good at at grammar or English. Neither am I. Every time Pastor Rob mentions something in the message where he's like breaking down a sentence, it's always a new lesson for me because I did not do well in school paying attention to that. So this is good. This is good. It's helping me. Hopefully it's helping you guys uh, just understand a little bit of some of the stuff we're going to be going over. And I think this is a really good spot to mention here too, is that
1: when reading the Psalms and learning about things like this or in other scriptures, well, Stuff like this can be kind of surprising and you're like, oh, I've never looked for a metaphor in Psalms before. I didn't know that existed. That's okay. And I I don't want you to hear something like that and it overwhelm you or scare you a little bit. And all of a sudden you question, is everything I've done before, everything I've read before in the Psalms, is that all pointless? Because I didn't know this about the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say emphatically, no. Um, the, the Spirit uses you know, uses the word of God in your life. And that it, I have no doubt that they, that he has done that already. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And take that as a, as take that as an encouragement of just ongoing revelation of the Lord's work in your life too. Like when I first came to Christ at 17 and I read the gospel of Matthew, I, I didn't understand that Matthew was an apostle. I didn't understand what that meant. Uh, that came later. That doesn't negate what I read in the first place but as I grow older and i mature it gives me a better understanding of it and so take that the same way there's nothing wrong with the understanding you had before this moment and everything all the knowledge that you're gaining is just adding to uh, your your spiritual maturity and your sanctification and your understanding of the word and your walk with Christ it just helps you see it deeper and in
1: and in and in a more meaningful way, sometimes, or in a new way, sometimes, which is why we're, which is why we do this, because that's I, I don't know. It's that's one of the things I found the most interesting, looking into Psalms is just how, and I imagine it is not the right word. Just like there's just so much intentionality put into these Psalms and in the choice of words, and as you start looking into these metaphors and these hyperboles you can just really start to see the, the message that the psalmist was trying to get across. Mm-hmm. And at times it really adds to the level. So like if they're presenting some joy you, and you start looking for the hyperbole or maybe the metaphor to what they're applying it to, it can just like to a whole new level open your eyes to what they're trying to say with that. And another one, this one is one that's really hard for me. Uh, is parallelism? Mm.
0: Uh, how familiar are you with parallelism? Uh, it, it always depends on the the context of parallelism, right? Between structures of books and stuff, I'm more familiar. But are you getting to like parallelism within, like, an individual psalm itself? Yeah. yeah. It's so what parallelism? And I
1: I I hope this is a good definition. It is hard. It's hard for <laughs> me to hard for me to figure out how to do this. But it's a poetic form of writing where you uh, you repeat or contrast something in a line to line approach. Mm. So I could say, "I really liked the ice cream." And then the next line of my poem, I would then say, "This ice cream was over the moon delicious." where I'm starting out by saying "I like this ice cream." And then the next line, I'm upping the level of the amount I liked it to really get across the emphasis that, I enjoyed this ice cream mm. a lot. Um, you can also see it in Proverbs is a really big place where it's used as a positive-negative combo, where it's like the wise man does X, yeah. the foolish man
0: does Y. And mm. that's a poetic form of parallelism. Where so, so Psalm 1, is that parallelism then, when it's talking about what the blessed man is and the wicked man is not like so? Is that parallelism or is that just contrast? That's see, that's where I have struggled to figure out parallelism in its entirety.
1: I'm, I will be very honest with you in that I, when I've read into the parallelism, they've talked about it more on like a line by line basis. Okay. So yeah. I would lean
0: towards saying maybe not. It's more like a, stru- a structure of contrast probably is yeah. what that is. Okay. That makes sense. Um And, you know, to that point, there's things we're still learning and, Everything we've said here, we've not given the the fullest definition of. We've not dived into. Each one of these could be its own podcast in in itself. Um, So this is on you guys to, to be looking these up. But how cool is it that we have some of these things that we can now talk about? Like as you're reading Psalm 1 this week, as you're meeting with your group, do you see any of these things in Psalm 1? Do you see any of these things in the Psalms that are coming up? Can you bring them up? Can you remind each other what they are? If you're writing in your Bible or taking notes, can you jot those down and, and make sure that you bring them up when your leader asks if there's anything that, that stood out to you? These are just tools we're putting in your tool belt to be able to understand the Psalms a bit better. Um, is, are there any other ones that we need to know for sure as we're heading into or heading out of talking about structure? No. No, I think that would be that would be it. All right, that's going to be it for us uh, today when it comes to this moment. But that's not it for you. You've got the Bible study that you're going to be attending. You've got the ongoing conversations, and certainly you've got the time that you're going to be spending in the Word with the Lord. Uh, be intentional, pray before you read scripture. Uh, take some time to really concentrate on it. Don't just glance on it on your phone as you're sitting at the stoplight before you get to your Bible study. Like, be intentional with this. Spend some time with Jesus, understanding what he has for you in the word. And that's how you're going to get the most out of the summer in the Psalms. You're going to get whatever out of it that you put into it. So, that's the encouragement. Next week, we're diving more into the Psalms. We're going to be getting deeper and deeper as we go, answering more and more questions. We're starting the surface level things these these first few weeks, but we're definitely going to be diving into the life of David and what prophecy looks like and and more things to come. So be looking forward to that. Thank you so much. Just know that you are loved and we can't wait to see you again. Thanks, everybody.